Some way to, yeah, if there's some way to increase the farming for uh, Matt, that'll keep him distracted, so you won't have to worry about him interrupting. Increasing the farming? Yeah, if you can just, like, somehow make there be more uh, stuff for him to mine out there in World of Warcraft. The mine Herbine. in the World of Herbine. Warcraft. You don't even know games anymore, Andy. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I actually bought, I was, at, I was at Goodwill today, and I bought uh, Mexican Train because it was $6 and it was an unopened set. And uh, I'm like, well, it's great I have this now. What the hell am I going to do with this out here? Mexican Train? Yeah, it's a, it's a domino game. Okay, okay. Gotcha. I just uh, I didn't that's... know if it was like some kind of video game that I was missing. No, since no. We were talking about video games. No, Matt's played it. Once again, uh, nobody ever knows what Andy's <laughs> talking about. We should also note that in the past one minute, the subject was originally how to get Matt to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and he's shutting up. <laughs> And he's shutting up so much he's not confessing that he's played Mexican Train. I have played Mexican it. Train. Just not the Mexican yeah. Train you want to play. I was just going to say, it's probably not the same one you're saying. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 567. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact checked Andy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we're here to talk Week in Geek. Yes, we have Matt back with us. It's so wonderful. Matt, how have you been, you poor, poor man? Good. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been doing, I've been doing all right. Um, you, all of you guys know my occupations, so as much as I could be doing okay, I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah hang in there, man. Absolutely. We know, yeah. we know it's tough. And I know the monkeys are pulling for you as well. There's been a, a lot of love for you while you've been gone, so it's, it's good to have your voice back. Good to be here. Good to be here. Ah, so here it is. The gang's all back together. We not only have Andy back, we have Matt back, which means we have the combination of Matt and Andy back, which is fantastic. Mandy. Mandy, Mandy yeah. is back. Oh, don't start that. <laughs> Are you, you started that? I think the kids call that shipping, Matt. Oh, okay. No, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, hope Mandy, and you came, and you came, and you came. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and him is candy, so let's see. Candy. I, want, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. I want candy. There you go. Oh, is it Jorgo then for me and Jeff? <laughs> sure. I was thinking no. of Tef. Tef? Tef. Tef's a good Tef. Star Trek name. It is a good Star Trek <laughs> name. Wow. Jod. <laughs> Ooh, Jod is also a good Star Trek name. You will kneel before Jod. Okay, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> that'll be that'll be my new thing to say too. Kneel before Jod. <laughs> and no one will know what I'm talking about. Not a bit. <laughs> the right people will get it. There you go. Well, here we are, guys, back together again, yet not together, as it's got to be right now. But it does afford us to be able to actually be in a in a group again once again. So this th that part of it is really nice because yes, Andy, Matt, uh, I I've missed you. I've missed you a lot these last few months. 
Well, I know you're talking about me. You missed me. You missed Andy. Like yeah, I did. I did. Side effect of COVID. Like you've been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, my teeth are falling out, and I miss Andy. Hell, I. <laughs> Hell, I miss me. So, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? And I guess Matt, what geeky things have you done in the last nine months? Honestly, absolutely nothing. I bet, brother. I, I know it's you're... not. It's not a joke or me not wanting to say I have done absolutely nothing. Uh, it's not really geeky, but I ended up buying a house. That's so pretty that. strong. Whoa, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. A castle? No, it's not a castle, but it's bigger than it, this place. It's his castle. So you, you guys you, have all been over here except for Torgo. So you, oh no, Torgo's been here. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been to your place. So you haven't moved into the new place yet. No, uh, end oh. of January. End of January. Got it. Congratulations, man. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank wow. You you deserve new 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 digs. I yes, yes I do. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I, I know I'm right. You have dealt with some shit. A lot of shit. Welcome to the new hell of home ownership. Have you ever had a dickhead landlord? Like, can we go around the table here? Who's had a dickhead landlord? Yes. Yes. I had to I had to sue my landlord. Um, I've had a corporate landlord, which is, you know, pretty much Okay, well, this landlord that we had before when we first got into this house, beautiful little old lady. I think she was an old lady. I don't know, but a lady. Um, <laughs> I never really saw her, but uh, perfect. Didn't hear from her. And then China came in. So I get fucked on my job from China and at my house. But anyways, so came in with all cash, bought the house out from underneath us. I didn't even know it was for sale. Damn. One day I'm leaving for work. And there's people looking at the house. I was like, hey, what's going on? What can I help you? Oh, yeah, we're looking at to uh, rent this place. And I'm like, what? Yeah, so that was my first introduction to our new landlord. So he let wow. us stay. Wow. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's pretty pretty good. So we've been here five years. Every single year he's raised the rent by about 100 bucks every single year. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I'm over that. I get it, brother. I absolutely get it. Liberation. And we actually moved by uh, Major Meh. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. Dude, Cadence is becoming party central. Well, my wife's parents are there, so we've been looking long before those people, but yeah. Oh. You'll have to go out and you'll have to start spending time over at the uh, Pabco Park down there. The the what park? Pabco Park. It's one of the parks on the wash that I really like. Oh, okay. It's, um, It's an old crossing. It's where an old road was. It's weird. There's like a, a series of cement blocks uh, every couple feet going across the wash there. So you can sort of hop across. You can hop from block to block and go across the wash there. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's cool. Oh, I missed these stories. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, Andy, good story. Yeah. Do you walk the walk or do you hop the hop? Right. I hopped guts to hop without Okay, gentlemen, what geeky things did you do this week? Finis Archer Danger Island. Is that a standalone movie? No. Um, after Dreamland, so it seems like every season is its own thing now. So the, the Danger Island was a whole thing set in the uh, 1938, I think, with uh, him being a pilot. Pam was his co-pilot. And then the, the latest one, I'm going to midway through, is uh, Archer 1999, which is uh, Archer in Space. Every, presumably everything's happening in his head. At the end of one of the seasons, he gets shot and he's in a coma, and then Dreamland happens, and it's in, it's all presumably in his head. And I guess every season for a while is going to be in his head. How many years has this show been going on now? 
I think it's up to nine. Wow, that's impressive. I uh, still haven't really given it its time of day. I think I've seen maybe one or two episodes. It's got its weird charm. Archer is a dick, but he he starts growing on you. Well, it's an so, H. John Benjamin character, so right. there you go. He's a dick that grows on you. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of his shtick, right? That's his yeah. that's his go to character style. He's actually there's actually eleven seasons. I just I'm just looking right now. Is that the same voice actor that does Bob from Bob Burgers? Yes. Yeah. Because because yeah. once you hear that voice, you know that voice. I don't. I haven't really watched Archer, but surprise, surprise, I have the Archer pinball table in Pinball Effects 3. So when I hear that voice come through the table, and I also have the Bob Burgers table, I was like, it's, ah. it's, it's, the same, it's the same character? No, very different characters, but definitely the same voice. There's an episode, I think it's a cold, I think it's the opening of one of the seasons, where uh, Archer has disappeared, and he is uh, basically Bob. He's, he's, he's gone into hiding, and he's, he's running a restaurant. And it's it's Archer Archer style versions of the Bob's Burger people. I could never get into that show, Archer. I didn't really give it a chance. I tried, but eventually gave up. So Archer didn't work for either Matt or Jeff. I, I know it. a lot of friends that love it though. So I mean, I don't know. I just it's it's just kind of eh when I watch it. Maybe it's the voice actor because you feel the same way about Bob's Burgers. No, because he's on Family Guy all the time with different characters. That doesn't bother me. And I've seen oh, his okay. do stand-up. Oh, that's interesting. That's a, what's his stand-up like? Uh, I mean, it's it's very much the same delivery like he has on a lot of the shows that he does a voice on. So it just depends on what the subject is. I'm trying to think of some of the bits that he does, but it's been so long since I watched it. I can't okay. think of anything. I'll hunt it down. So I was looking at the, uh, the costumes in this season, the 1999 one that's in space. <laughs> are very reminiscent of the uh, Nostromo outfits. I was looking at the patch he's wearing on his shoulder, and I trying to make it out, so I Googled it and found the actual patch, which includes a bunch of weird in-jokes. You know, went looking a little further and found somebody selling a really nice production of the pouch for 12 bucks, and I went to their site, and I'm like looking through it, and I'm like, oh, I want that, and I want that. I'm like, no, these are all unauthorized. There's even Calvin and Hobbes patches in here, and I really <laughs> want that patch, but... Ah, it's, it's touchy. The dark, the dark yeah, just, world of bootleg patches. Yeah, it's just definitely, uh, it's definitely Tortuga of patches there. Uh, Tortuga. See, we miss you, part. Matt. And you've missed us. <laughs> so what well, else do you do, gentlemen? Watch the uh, latest episode of Mandalorian. That was such a good episode. I keep saying yeah. that every week, but every week it's like, oh my God, that's so good. Yeah. I'm on that episode four of that all right, I won't. I won't go into too much detail, Matt. But um, I'll say this: I read an interesting article that talked about how this latest episode appears to pay a little bit of tribute to the William Friedkin movie *Sorcerer*, which came wow. out one month after *Star Wars* and bombed. <laughs> <laughs> although, although now it's actually viewed as one of uh, Friedkin's best movies. It was supposed to be one of the big movies of the year, and in the age of Star Wars, everything changed. Um, Isn't Sorcerer about a truck? Spoilers. I just said I wouldn't tell anything to spoil it for Matt, who hasn't seen it yet. I was to, about in other, Andy, in other words, to talk about Sorcerer would be the same as talking about Mandalorian. Uh, there you go. Uh, I'm dumb. 
Now, I just, yeah. interestingly enough, learned something about Mandalorian this week. Apparently, Ooh. that's not always Pedro Pascal in the costume, in the performances. I was giving him such credit for, you know, the emoting through the vocal work, which I still do. But now you're trying to match that with another actor's performance, a la Darth yeah. Vader and some of the others. So think of all the bitching you did, like, I can't, you can't see my face. And it's not even you, buddy. You do, you do know that it's him in this episode, and he gives an amazing performance in this episode. And that's yeah. all I'm going to say. I will say it's a lot easier to do ADR if you don't have to watch the lips moving. ADR, right. also known as looping, is when an actor has to go back and re-record their lines and match it to what's happening in the film. It's got to be a lot easier in The Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah really. Is, is it a matter of if it's a, is stunt work that he's not in the costume, or is it just a matter of not wanting him on set or something? They were nonspecific in the, yeah. the article I read. I think it is, mostly is his stunt performer when it isn't him. It would make sense. Mandalorian is half stunts. Right. And I just, because I, I, part of what I, how I learned it is there was an interview with him saying that this season he's had the, the suit on more, so he's starting to feel more comfortable when he is in the suit performing. And I was like, oh, so he hasn't been in the suit that much, which the article goes on to describe. And yeah, you're right, Kay, this, the stunts is rarely him. Yeah. But still, bang still. job. Mm-hmm. So was he going to stop bitching about be putting on the suit or the helmet? It's the helmet, right? Uh, that was an unconfirmed... Yeah, really, Matt. Shame on you. That's how rumors start. Plus, okay. with the paychecks coming in, I'm sure the bitching eases off, too. Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. Baba <laughs> walks in, slaps him with a stack of cash, and says, shut up. Put on the helmet. Dance, monkey. <laughs> yes. Dance. Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy does it as she's on her way out from being fired for the hundredth time. I'll tell you right now, it's the easiest way to get me to shut up. There you go. We should try this with Andy. Nobody has cash in the show. Don't try and lie. <laughs> that for once, okay, suddenly everything's getting explained. <laughs> for once, he's right. Like, all of us are tapped out after this. This no, but, round of, of a I year. do have stacks and stacks of Torgo bucks next to me. That that's got to be worth something. I've got you a monopoly set. Probably worth about as much as Vlarg bucks. There, Todd. <laughs> you can't afford to shut me up. I don't know. This is a oh, lot of Torgo on. bucks. It's I'll even throw in some Vlarg bucks. Bucks. A McDonald's and some Szechuan sauce, and you'll shut up. Yeah, bucks. Here, Andy, here's a gift certificate to Cornish Pasties, please. <laughs> wow. Now you make me forget. Now you're, now you're reminding me of stuff I can't get out here. Damn it. That's right. It's out of business. <laughs> yeah, explosive uh, diarrhea is, is, is always something to look forward to. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. I believe that happened once, and I don't think it had anything to do with the food. I think it was... A fluke on, on his part. It's all your oh, victim blaming. I, I think let he me, was sick. Let me get this straight. The only place I ate all day, and I got the shits and heavily abdominal pain and throwing up elsewhere. Okay, gotcha. The last time I ate there, I didn't have it as bad as Todd, but my stomach was a little queasy afterwards, and so was my friend that ate there with me. So that's let all me, I'm saying. Let me just say, don't have the soup. Why would you order soup at the pasta? You I had to order something. I was waiting for you. Uh. 
So what other geeky things you do this week, guys? You know what? I'll, I'll go ahead. Because uh, speaking of Mandalorian, um, the last few episodes have gotten me, uh, uh, as Kay said last week, curious to go back to uh, Clone Wars. Give that another shot. So I have been over the last couple of weeks. I've been chipping at the first season of Clone Wars. Uh, mm. Again, not an easy thing to get through, but it does get better by the end of the first season. But it takes about a good 16 episodes to. And even then, it's kind of uneven. It's like, oh, that was a good episode. And the next one's like, oh, that was absolutely forgettable. Woof. I, I'm I'm still keeping the faith of uh, the shock monkeys that have told me, don't worry, it gets better after into the second and especially the third season. And from then on, it's amazing. This time I'm, I'm going to stick with it, but I'm, I'm not so much binging. It is just like getting some out of the way before I go to bed each night. That's right. Billy Joel. My experience so far with season one is hasn't changed. It's I'm surprised at how much death there is in a quote unquote kids show. It's impressive. Uh, but at the same time, it, oh, you're it always, it all, yeah, it, yeah, it is, especially that first season. And, and that's what's kind of weird about its tone balance. It suffers from a cartoonitis that other Star Wars don't. There is a lack of physics that even goes beyond uh, Jedi powers that like, okay, that's that's real super cartoony and and each one has its own thing to teach you heck every episode starts with what the moral of the episode is going to be really every single one yes it, wow. it shows it sh- it throws up star wars clone wars and the classic music john williams score goes up and then instead of a crawl it just gives a fortune cookie statement of what the episode's moral is and then it goes on, and yes, indeed, that was the moral of that episode. It's very, and now you know, G.I. Joe style. Wow. Mm. Knowing it's half the battle. Yeah. G.I. Joe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very much that, except if G.I. Joe did that at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> they did the PSA at the front. Yeah. That is and the funny. PS, and the PSA is the following episode. That is okay. very funny. And the things that happen in it, you can see them pulling back and a lot of stuff because the stories are very, very simplistic. I mean, it's, it's very much a kid's cartoon except that people die in it. So it's, it's kind of weird. It's not for, it's not adult. It's not for adults. It's obviously for kids, but dude, clones are dying left and right. I mean, droids, you know, that's, that's always been a thing with star Wars, but, but the clones are, they're clones. They're, they're, people <laughs> when it comes down to it so killing them off happens a lot and and they then they die in many horrible ways they don't show it on the screen but when you see it happen it's like oh wow that's and 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 they have no problem no problem in these wars destroying capital ships on both sides so when a republic capital ship goes down it's like wow that is thousands of people right there burning and dying in the emptiness of space. That's, that's right. It's, it's impressive. It's, it's, it's a weird how it does that, that balance. And I, I think that's, what's really struck me about the show and why I've had a hard time with it, at least in this first season is that the stories are so aimed at kids, but they're also death. There's war happening. It's sanitized war, but people are dying. But at the same time, it's, 
you will have an episode where Jar Jar accidentally saves the day by accidentally pressing uh, something as he's trying to eat a snail or whatever. Well, he almost had me. I was almost set to watch Clone Wars, so you said that one. Well, <laughs> if it makes you feel better, in the first season, I think there's been three episodes with Jar Jar in it. However, That's... when Jar Jar is in it, it's truly a Jar Jar episode. If you don't like Jar Jar, no. welcome to hell. Yeah, that's that's three times that's three more episodes than they need. And the voicing for Jar Jar isn't that great, or at least at least it is doesn't match the one from the movies. You mean it's more racist or less racist? It's, I'm not going to touch that. It's <laughs> but it's jarring because whoever they got to do Obi Wan sounds like Ewan McGregor. It's impressive. Whoever they got to do Jar Jar. It's kind of like when Jim Henson died and someone else took over Kermit, it wasn't quite right. Mm. It was close, but not there. It's yeah. it's that jarringly different. James Arnold Taylor. I'm sorry, is that your new name? That's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm going to stick with it this time. I, I'm going to at least give it a shot. I'm going to get finish this first season, go into the second season... And definitely go into the third season. But if by the end of the third season it doesn't have me, I have I have done my due diligence. Uh, but I'm also doing it because I also know that Mandalorian is making massive references to Clone Wars. And I want to get those references. Like, uh, I didn't realize in watching it, the first episode of The Mandalorian, when he rides that uh, big round lizard on two legs, uh, made its first appearance in Clone Wars. I saw it. In an episode last night, I was like, oh, that's where that came from. It's, it's doing a lot of fan service to Clone Wars that I am unaware of because I haven't taken this journey. Yeah, somebody, some website put up like a list of like the critical episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels that you should watch to reference this season of The Mandalorian. And I can't seem to find it right now, but. And, and I don't want to do it that way either. I, I do want to get the whole story of the Clone Wars. Right. Either watch it or don't watch it. Because when Clone Wars first came out, I was like, oh, why do I want to watch this show? I, episodes between the movie episodes two and three is the Clone Wars. Why would, And I know what happens before and after. Why do I want to watch the in-between when I already know the ending? But at the same time, I reminded myself that I have always been curious about this thing called the Clone Wars since Obi-Wan said it in the original Star Wars. You were in the Clone Wars? So it, uh. it's cool that they've done this, and the fact that it's lasted so long, and of course, uh, we're going to get later into the whole Disney drops that happened this week, all the things that they announced, and some of those are spinoffs of Clone Wars. So I, I want to be educated in this area. Mm-hmm. Jar Jar Binks, voiced by Ahmed Best. So who did the original Jar Jar? Ahmed Best. That's yeah, what Ahmed I thought. Best. So why did the one in this last episode sound so wrong? Maybe he had a cold. Huh. It, it sounded weird. Like, you know what? The first Jar Jar episode that I saw, yes, that sounded exactly like Jar Jar in the movie. So I can, I was like, oh, they did get Ahmed Best to do it. Or at the time, I was like, the original guy to do it. But this last one, I think they changed it. I really do. Credited. There's actually, I'm looking at the cast right now. There's a mix of pretty big voice actors like Tom Kenny and Jim Cummings. Oh, yes. With with like a smattering of like Samuel Jackson, Liam Neeson, like Clancy Brown, John sure. Favreau. 
Yeah, George oh, Takei did, uh, did one. Yeah, there's a lot of guest voices in this show. Hamill was in it playing Darth Bane. Yeah, didn't Takai do like one of the trade uh, Federation guys? Like episode two or something? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm not seeing him in this list, but that's certainly possible. Wow. I know, I know. I didn't want to say anything, but wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Welcome back, Matt. Yeah. How, how, are, how, are you, how are your brown faces coming, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't... <laughs> oh, my God. I was genuinely... I swear he did one of the trade guys. <laughs> Just... He did one of the one of the droid commander dudes. Not you're, you're whatever. You're guys. mixing up Fuck with Uncle this. Roger. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so, gentlemen, what other geeky things you do this week? <laughs> they started the next season of Reunited Apart on YouTube. Josh Gad's project. That's where he brings in uh, uh, casts yeah. from like old movies and shows as a gets together in re- reunion style. Asks them a bunch of questions and edits a whole bunch out. Yes. Uh, and this last week, they did Wayne's World, which was pretty awesome. Oh, fantastic. Uh, they actually they got Mike Myers, Dana Carvey. They got Rob Lowe. They had Tia Carrera on. They even had, like, you know, people that just had minor parts, like Laura Flynn Boyle, Ed O'Neill, Lee Turgeson, who plays Terry, the, you know, I love you, man, that guy, the I love you guy. Ioni Sky, who had that one part at the very beginning of the movie, and then you don't see her again. So yeah, it was, uh, and of course, uh, director Penelope Spheris. It was a really good one. Uh, but again, it, it's definitely one of those ones where you could tell that there was so much more that got cut out to keep it at that short, like 30 minute time frame. But uh, I still really enjoyed it. It was nice seeing all the cast together. It, it was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it. So what's uh, next Matt. on Together Apart or what, whatever it's called? I'm trying to remember what the next one they announced was because uh, they dropped it like right at the end of the episode. It's like they gave a hint for the next one. Ah, just a hint. If I remember it, I'll say it. But I, I, right now I'm blanking out. Matt, I have your back. George Takei did indeed play one of the Midians. General <laughs> War, General Lock Durd. See? See? He's right. He's right, Kay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that just goes to show you, twice a day, even a racist clock is right. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I watched the movies that made us. They've got two Christmas specials out. Yes. And uh, I watched the Elf one this week, but I've never seen Elf. So first I watched Elf for the first time. It's one of those movies I've not watched because uh, Will Ferrell is hit or miss with me. He won you over. On this one, he did, yeah. I I like him in uh, Old School. I liked him in uh, the Austin Powers movies. I've liked him in several things. Um, I've got no patience for things like uh, Step Brothers and um, what else has he done? It's been awful. Old School and Austin Powers, he's not playing a lead role. He's kind of doing side roles which is usually the way i like him i think i think he's fine in little side roles so you didn't like anchorman and that's what i'm saying there's a few exceptions and then that's one of them what about eurovision you watch that one on netflix i did not it does look fun it's it's really good you should watch it it's it's a lot of fun i'll give it a shot like i say he's hit or miss if if he's good he's really good if he's bad i just grates on me he was great in elf 
Plus, it had Bob Newhart, who's wonderful, and it had uh, James Caan, and, uh, oh, shit, uh, who's the love interest? Um, Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel, yes, thank you. Anything else, gentlemen? Uh, I just looked in my notes at something else, and that reminded me that the the hint at the end of the Reunited Apart, I believe the next episode is going to be Karate Kid. Because I was looking at my notes about Cobra Kai coming up, and that reminded me that that was the teaser they gave at the end without specifically saying that's what's coming up. Uh, I will say I did catch that uh, teaser for season three of Cobra Kai, and I couldn't be more excited. I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's such a good teaser. That's such a good show. And apparently the rumor is that uh, even though January 8th is supposed to be the uh, quote-unquote official launch, that uh, Netflix is thinking of pushing it up, but you know, still in rumor category. Like sure. it could be like a New Year's Day surprise or something like that. I'm happy either way. Good things are worth waiting for. Well, in two days we got The Expanse next season. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm in a weird place with The Expanse. How dare you? I know. The, the, and that, and that, the weird place is... I, if it's based on a book, I like to read the book before I see the show. Uh, I, I, right? And I've read the first book of The Expanse, and I have all the rest of them, but damned if I ain't started them. Have you read all the books of The Expanse, Matt? I have not. I made about 10% through Leviathan Wakes, and that was like five years ago. <laughs> wow. It's a good book, though. I believe, actually, really who got me started on it was uh, Vlarg, because he was in town for an episode, and he was talking about that book. I went out and purchased it like two days later and I started it really, really good, but I never finished it. Know the feeling, bro. I believe I got on the Warhammer 40k Horus Heresy. Ah, that's really after. You know what? Let's go ahead and take a minute, Matt. This is, this is, this is your and my moment. This is the first time we have talked (laughs) because not only in this time have they released a brand new edition of Warhammer 40k, they have now released a new edition of Blood Bowl. Ooh. So my brown faces will have uh, even better rules and regs and all that to play on? <laughs> yeah. Or what? yeah. yeah they, they've they've oh, released a brand new box set uh, oh. with, with new oh. miniatures. Again, humans and orcs, but two different teams than what they had before. Uh, brand new rule book, but the rule book now includes all the rules that you need to do full tournaments and so on. That used to be a separate thing. Now that's included yeah. in, the, in the book. And all the stats for all the previous teams are available online to bring them up to uh, the code on the new ones. So they've they've made a few rule changes that I understand are pretty good. Uh, but otherwise than that, it's kind of the same Blood Bowl. All right, cool. I still need to pick up some tree men, though, for my... I still haven't decided on a name. They're not the brown faces. So you are guys you sure? I thought, I thought that's what you said the name no, was. No, no, no. I'm not racist. I, I So... <laughs> Can't have that. I'm pretty sure I have recorded evidence saying that that's what you decided <laughs> to name them. You understand it's it's hard for a Floridian to recognize racism. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Oh. <laughs> so speaking of, uh, not the racist part, but how are your orcs coming along there, Kay? Huh? My orcs? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Somebody was supposed to give me some, and it never happened, so... Yeah, but someone else gave you some. Somebody gave me some orcs? Jeez, I think he's right. Someone gave you a team of orcs. Yeah, I know. Todd, maybe? Or not Todd? Okay, fine. Yeah, it was me. Yeah. No, I I actually do have your orc team here still. So, yes, I still consider uh, those orcs yours. Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, Matt. 
That's what happened to them. <laughs> All your Arker belong to Todd. <laughs> I, do, I do need to find some good tree men for my two tree men blockers. I just ah, haven't yes. found any good models for that. Should be coming. Uh, they've they've really kind of gotten behind uh, Blood Bowl in a big way with this new release, and it only happened in the last couple of weeks. So expect lots of good things. I saw the uh, Warhammer Munchkin at the at the uh, bookstore. Yeah, oh, how fun. I just I've seen uh, I've seen that popping around lately in ads I and stuff. It. That's I do have it. I haven't played it yet, uh, but I have it. I was in the bookstore getting something specific, and I swung into the game area. And there's several really cool-looking games coming out that, you know, we can't play because, you know, the COVID. It hurts. It hurts yeah. so much. There's uh, the, the villainous game, the, the, uh, the, the one that's all the Disney villains. There's a Marvel version now. I've seen that, too. Yeah. Somehow I still think my wife would want us to get the Disney version. <laughs> you think? <laughs> uh, isn't it in your closet, Kay? Someone's is. Yeah, so. Not mine, for still, once. You could, you could break it out and try it before you buy it. Oh, I got you. I got is it you. ours? I think Wait it is. Wait a sec. Do we? Maybe. Did we forget villainous over there? Or Paul is right next to me. Oh, we let someone borrow it. There, right from the uh, the mouth of the person who bought it. Mm. Wow. Apparently, we left it over there. So, there it is. I'm gonna play with your villainous, Matt. <laughs> uh, green? Okay. <laughs> I I think they're mostly green, aren't they? <laughs> or purple. Uh, this week, I want to thank all the people, all the monkeys that joined us on the Twitch stream. We played some Jackbox games on Saturday. Uh, yeah, last we time we last time we did some Jackbox games, we did it in the middle of the week, and some of the monkeys couldn't do it because they had work the next day. So I wanted to make sure we did the next one on the weekend. So we did that Saturday and uh, had a nice showing. We played some games for about three hours and had a wonderful time. And thank you everybody who joined us. It's fantastic. And I appreciate Kay bowing out so I could win some. There you go. I right. was not feeling good at all. I'm sorry about that, brother. Oh, it's okay. People were asking for you. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I missed out on some great T-shirts. You guys made T-shirts, right? Oh, they made T-shirts, all right. Oh, yeah, there were, a couple, there were a couple of people that actually drew, like, real drawings. Right. Actually, if you want to see the T-shirts that were designed, I believe Jake posted it up on the Shock Monkey's Lair. And oh, that's okay. that's a list of all the shirts that happened. Okay. So you can see the the artists in action. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to thank everybody who stepped up and played a little pinball this week. There are quite a few of you, and I love you all for challenging me. And uh, I just want to say uh, you've all been laid waste. So I appreciate the attempts. <laughs> oh, Lord, it's hard oh. to be humble. Wow. Yeah, really. <laughs> Hashtag humble brag. Uh, I am your pinball masters, but but uh, I, I do appreciate a challenge to the king. So if you feel like you want to step up, please, please do. We're playing all sorts of tables on Pinball FX3. Uh, choose your poison. Uh, I don't have all the tables, but I have about 81 of them. So I think I'm only missing 10. More like hashtag brag brag. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Uh, so, some of you laid up some nasty, nasty challenges. Uh, 
So Jake laid up some nasty ones. Uh, Leon Mitt put up some nasty ones. Punch Clops. I really, really appreciate it. I know David Farrar's joined us now. A whole bunch of people have joined us. It's, it's been fantastic. It's been a, a fun little pinball community, and everyone's kind of joined each other's friends so they can compete against each other as well because uh, you, you don't want just one-on-one. You want a whole, whole group of score, scores happening. Uh, like Sorcerer's Lair is like one of the earlier machines that they put on Pinball FX3, and like everybody's got a score on that one, and it's great to see the whole list. So, uh, so yes, but uh, do bow to your pinball king, and uh, I will see what you all have to uh, throw this week. Bow before Zod. <laughs> Isn't it Jod? Jod, come on. Yeah, I said it wrong. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I knew I said the wrong thing. Well, Except that Jeff isn't playing pinball, so it's just bow before Todd, really. Well, he, he's just your handicap. <laughs> And I did a lot of hobby work this week. I've been doing a lot of painting, believe it or not, Matt. Not my own stuff. <laughs> All commission stuff. I I want to thank Scoop John B. for uh, hiring me to paint a few minis for him. I really, really appreciate that. And uh, I'm still working on the big army. Uh, but I'm getting uh, getting close to finished with the second part of this Custodes army. And it's coming along real, real nice. But I've been working on it usually about two to three hours a night. Hey, uh, I know Matt is behind this a little. I think it's worth jumping back so he knows this news. He finished the uh, the uh, the big uh, Star Trek ship. Oh yes, I, f- I finally finished uh, that uh, Enterprise C, I believe. Yeah, one with all the blue lights. Alan? Yes, yes, the one with all all the nasty blue decals. It was rough, but it got done, and uh, is back in in the. Uh, Two broke geek Matt's hands, and so happy am I. Anything else, gentlemen, before we move on? All right. Um, if, I, I did okay. spend a half hour on uh, customer service with Verizon trying to stop some spam texts I was getting, so that was fun. From them or from someone else? Uh, from something delivering through at vzwpix.com. The problem was because they were phone texts coming from an email source. I couldn't uh-huh. block them. I didn't have the 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 block option. That threw the uh, customer care people too, because she spent like a half hour, forty five minutes trying to figure out how to do it, and we, we couldn't do it. They've slowed down, but for the past two days, I've been getting twenty twenty five spams from different phone numbers through at yeah yeah i mean just just smothering just smothering my uh my phone i googled and apparently occasionally spam blasts from verizonwirelesspicks.com which is how you can share pics through verizon wireless by email occurs frequently so it was it's very irritating but I'm yeah, you can't. Ask what, well, the, see, that's the thing. Um, it would show up with a message and then attachment removed. So I didn't get any pics or anything, but I did get a couple porn links <laughs> that, of course, I did not click on. Um, oh, come on. You could tell us. You click where's on your sense of adventure? Yeah, really, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no way, man. Ugh. But yeah, what a mess. As a, that's a been a pain in the ass. That that's sounds like it. Well, before we continue on with news, I just want to remind everybody that the book club is reading the graphic novel Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me by Mariko Tamaki. 
I thought Hold it was Laura Dern. I, I thought you said Paula Dean there. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me. She is not breaking up with me. She she has been a big part of my life now. But it is not a food group. Oh, yes, it is. Butter. It is if you make it one. And we have been receiving more pitches, bitches. In fact, we have so many that it's almost equaling as many pitches as we have. So thank you for everybody who's been uh, pitching in on that, if you will. Uh, we will not, however, be doing uh, Red Light, Green Light this week uh, because we have so much news that's happened. So we're going to get right into that, gentlemen, with some news you don't give a shit about. Was that Matt? What was that? I think that, it was Matt. That was not me. Really? That was not Matt. <laughs> Matt is not happy to really, be back. You really gotta wonder if that was me? Andy's here, okay? Like, come on. <laughs> I was the one screaming. <laughs> yeah, who was doing the beep the bubba the booze? Me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm saying I liked it. Keep it. That was so unkirsten like It, it was. I call it Unfinished Music, Volume 1. That sounds right. <laughs> Your cover band for uh, his that's life. Actually, that's actually the first John and Yoko album. It really is. Oh, okay. So it's a John and Yoko cover band. Perfect. Perfect. That's Andy and me. <laughs> an, un, I, an unfinished life or the uh, John and Yoko cover band? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Nirvana. Occasionally, occasionally I, uh, I I beat him just to make it more real. Oh. Oh, Jesus Ow. Christ. Ah, that's... You don't give a shit about... All right. <laughs> you don't give a shit about... Copyright strikes and takedowns aren't new to content creators. It is well known at this point that using songs without permission will likely end up in your video being taken down or demonetized. Yep. But now a U.S. senator is pushing a bill attached to the omnibus spending bill that would make using copyright material a felony instead of a misdemeanor. Wow. Oh, sheesh. Last month, Twitch faced thousands of DMCA takedowns from various rights holders. We talked about that a little bit. The, the problem got so bad with streamers being taken down for using in-game sound effects that Twitch was forced to tell streamers that they were safest just muting all game audio. Things are only getting worse with the introduction of a bill that would reclassify copyright strikes as a felony offense. The proposal would come attached to a spending bill that's supposed to keep the United States government and its 456 various agencies open for the next year. According to Protocol.com, an offshoot of Politico, chairman of the U.S. Subcommittee on Intellectual Property, that's Tom Tillis, is seeking to add the provision in the must-pass spending bill. Last year, the then-director of the United States Copyright Office, Karen A. Temple, sent a letter to Tillis Temple quoted a paper that was published that focused on the effect piracy has on Hollywood as the reasoning behind making streaming copyrighted material a felony. Additionally, she quoted a blog post that sim simultaneously comments on the harm that, quote, stream ripping, a practice that is equivalent of using a tape recorder to record a song from the radio, has on the music industry, while also admitting that, quote, it's not as big of an issue in the U.S. as it is internationally, unquote. 
Senators Tom Tillis and Christopher Coons asked the Copyright Office Director Karen Temple once again, do you believe that increasing the criminal penalty for unauthorized streaming of copyright material from a misdemeanor to a felony would better deter illicit streaming? If yes, what specific statutory changes would you recommend? She responded by saying, the Copyright Office has previously supported statutory amendments that would provide the same felony-level penalties for criminal streaming as for criminal reproduction and distribution, unquote. The Copyright Office is seeking to make it so that a public performance of a work, streaming, is treated the same as if you were selling bootlegged copies of an Avenger movies for your own profit. A group of 18 different organizations is urging congressional leadership to decline to include the language in the omnibus spending bill that will be considered very, very soon. If what former Director Temple suggested is indeed in the spending bill, it will mean the end of polite takedowns of videos and may result in criminal prosecution of anyone who runs afoul of Hollywood, the music industry, or any other content creators. Are they that stupid? Really? Yeah, that's some horrible bullshit. Uh, it's, it, I don't think it's so much that they're, well, one, yes, they are that stupid. It's a lack of tech know-how. I can see on one side, if you take, let's say, Avengers, the movie, and then you stream it on something, then yeah, that's that's basically a public showing that is there. However, this is going to be absolutely overused, abused, abused, thank you, abused and misused by uh, the music, film, and any any other industry for the the smallest of offenses and in things that aren't actual offenses like film criticism or video games from Twitch, for example. Because even if you broadcast your game playing on Twitch, there are multiple copyright holder licenses within that stream. Let's say uh, you are streaming the brand new Cyberpunk 2077 game. Uh, there's, There's music on that that was licensed for that game that the video game maker does not have any control of over that. So you can't play that game now on Twitch or do a let's play on YouTube uh, with running afoul of that. And of course this has been happening on YouTube for a while and Twitch for a little bit, but to make that a felony, it's bullshit. Full on prime bullshit. They already give these big corporations all these huge tax breaks anyway. Now they want to make, it a crime to do something that is not i mean I, piracy yes is a crime but like fair use in reviewing reviews or twitch streaming and stuff that's not criminal and just like you said todd it's ripe for being abused because well, they already the, abuse the laws as they are now the dcma is already and incredibly weighted towards the corporate entity law. This is just going to put more state force behind it. It's really just, it's really just gross. It's really awful. Well, it's funny because this kind of goes to something that I was reading earlier today about journalists who are still trying to be true journalistic reviewers and the rise of the influencer as a reviewer. And how a lot of these big companies are trying to push these influencers because they are essentially yes-men that do nothing but praise for the product they're reviewing, be it software, hardware, etc. And these real journalists that are trying to give honest reviews 
are being suppressed by these companies, and now it just gives them another tool to further suppress anything that they don't like. So yeah, what what are they going to do as the U.S. government? Because it's mostly done overseas or in Canada. Uh, hopefully, smarter heads prevail and take this out of an omnibus spending bill. Because that's another thing is that you're sticking this in a must-pass legislation. And that's where a lot of just, they try to fit in a lot of shit. And this is- Is Senator Republican? A, is he Republican? Uh, Tom Tillis is a Republican, yes. Of course. That explains it all. Never mind. I, I, I take back everything I said. <laughs> well, I guess that leads to the next question. Is this a bill they're trying to push before the change of the the changeover in the Senate and the House? Or? Yes. This, okay. is, this is the omnibus spending bill that they had to, they passed a week extension to okay. fund the government for a week. So this right. is the bill that they have before them this week. I see. No good. No good at all. So if this doesn't sound good to you either, I say this is a wonderful time to call up your uh, representatives and uh, make your voice heard. Please do. The more pushback that the uh, the representatives get on this, the uh, bigger chance that it will be removed from the omnibus spending bill because this is something that needs a lot more debate. And it's I can tell you right now, it's getting absolutely zero debate on the floor of the House. Uh, because of this spending bill that has to get passed uh, with all the other political bullshit that's going on with this country. So I've always had an issue with the fact that you have people writing legislation on technology and other things that they purely do not understand. And they're going only off of the word of the big companies that present this as a huge issue when really it isn't. I mean, yeah, it's not legal, but these companies are not being hurt as bad as they're trying to tell the government that they are. It's really misleading. No, and it's and it's the collateral stuff that's really going to get punished for it. Yes. And actually, it's not going to fix the problem. It's just going to cause problems for people who didn't have problems before. Exactly. Uh, for, uh, for example, uh, we did the stream this week, and uh, we played. The, thankfully, Jackbox Games is very happy and thankful for streamers doing their stuff. Because it really pushes their game, as does most streaming for these things. So most of game companies are happy to see their stuff streamed because it drums up interest. But I also streamed some of my playing pinball this week just to get back into streaming and testing out to make sure everything was working right. And if I had streamed one of the Star Wars pinball tables that Pinball FX has, it uses John Williams's music for the sound of the pinball machine background. And so under this law, I would be committing a felony for streaming my playing pinball, which Pinball FX 3 has no really no problem with, but they don't own the license to that music that's barely playing in the background. So it doesn't matter that all parties involved in this are fine with the streaming, it's that the music company over here that is very tangential to what is happening gets all the say. Yeah, it sucks. That's, ugh. I, can't, I can't even add anything to it. It's just, they're just ugh. unhappy that their business model and their way of life is dying. So they're just going out as loud as they can. That's what's happening. No, you don't give a shit about the PlayStation 5 is a common item on Christmas list this year. Uh, distributors have had a tough time getting stock and honoring pre-orders, not to mention scalpers who have been buying multiple units and selling them for ridiculous prices. The sheer amount of scamming, scalping, and even theft has been surprising. 
With more cases coming to light each day, the Better Business Bureau issued a nationwide notice about scammers putting up fake deal listings for the PS5. Uh, the notice issued by the Better Business Bureau reads, quote, You find a popular gaming console for sale online at a reduced price. Hoping to save some money, you research the seller's website and find a few positive reviews. Convinced, you make your purchase via PayPal or another online payment method. You receive an email confirmation with shipping information and a tracking number. If you receive a package at all from that company, it isn't a gaming console. Instead, it is a valueless phone cover or similar small object. Since you technically received a shipment, you will be unable to contest the purchase with the third party who processed the payment, unquote. The notice then went on to warn readers that getting in touch with the seller would prove fruitless as the email ID and the phone number would probably be deactivated by the time the package arrived at your doorstep. Uh, the BBB also put out a few pointers to protect the public from such scams. Research the company you plan to purchase from thoroughly. Avoid impulse buying and don't believe prices that are too good to be true. Keeping up with the PS5-related crime, gangs in the UK have been stealing PS5 units from the back of moving delivery trucks. Up to oh, three. Wow. Like what the? I'm sorry. Moving? Yeah, yeah. It's it's fast and furious shit. It really is. Three up to three vehicles box in a moving truck to a manageable speed while one of the thieves climbs out of the rear car with a safety harness, drums on, uh, jumps onto the truck. The thief then proceeds to break open the rear cargo doors and starts tossing the goods out the back of the car. Seriously? Yes, it's crazy. They have video footage of it happening. I don't know whether to be shocked or, or impressed. <laughs> Just like the movie, one guy's going to have a shotgun in there. I mean, it's obviously something is happening on the inside so that... Because how would they know what truck is what on the open road? They right. would have to have somebody telling them this is the truck you're looking for. So it's it's a it's a larger piece than just those that are doing this box in stunt. But still, damn. Well, they just need a Jedi to tell them this is not the truck you're looking for. Yes, or right. the shotgun, as Matt. Right. But in the UK, uh, trucks with shotguns, I think, are pretty rare. Uh, so and illegal. So. <laughs> So wouldn't it be easier to just stop the truck if you've already got a bunch of vehicles as a force it to move at a speed? I'm not sure I understand what the advantage of keeping the truck moving while you're ripping stuff off is. Uh, I think part of it is the fact convincing the truck to stop. Uh, it's because if you're boxing them in with vehicles, you're still moving at a speed and pace, but you are controlling how fast they can move. Hmm. They can't swerve around you the guy in front who is slowing them down because there's a guy on their side. I don't think the truck drivers are aware that it is happening. All they're aware of, they've got a guy that's really slow in front of them, and they've got another car at the side that's also pretty slow, so they can't do much of anything. Oh, I see. Okay, so it's it's, it's they're trying to do it covertly. I, I assumed it was pretty obvious. Oh, yeah. when somebody... the, the truck drivers, he's sitting there yelling like, you wanker, and all this stuff, and oi, get out of the way, all this kind of stuff. But meanwhile... <laughs> You know, Get off Matt. me, Lori! You got, got Johnny Trey in the background there. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's happening. So not only are these heavy scams Johnny happening... Johnny Tran, that's it. Johnny Tran. All right, who's and Johnny Tran? That guy Fast and Furious who was ripping oh. off trucks. Yeah, Andy. Johnny All Tran. Right. For those out there, get, get. I know it's hard to get a PS5, and you really want to get it for Christmas for whoever wants it. 
but you might have to take a pass if you can't get one from a uh, your local Best Buy, Amazon, or, or some other reputable source. Of course, reputable, questionable, depending on what you're saying. If you really want to get something that seems like a good deal, it probably isn't. Yeah, avoid eBay, too. Yes. eBay, they're selling pictures of, of consoles to you. Yeah, I'll Ooh. take a Simon at this point. I'll take a Simon or a Merlin or... <laughs> You see, 20, 30-year-olds, uh, Simon and, and Merlin were old handheld <laughs> electronic games that were, that, were, that were quite the, uh, the technological know-how back in the late 70s, early 80s. I'm just saying, in this Luddite house, there are no video games. Not yeah. Captain Luddite's house. You're not at his house. No, no. Okay. Uh, I'm at the house of my, my father, who... My father once pressed buttons that made the Internet Explorer icon turn into the Word Perfecter icon. I don't know how. Magic. Yeah, Take he's got a talent. Ah. It's magic. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Gotta believe. News you don't give a shit about. Uh, Chaim Eshed. Is that a, <laughs> a, quote, <laughs> respected professor and retired general... Per NBC News, who oversaw numerous Israeli satellite launches in his role at the Defense Ministry in Israel, has laid out his claims that we are in communication with extraterrestrials. Oh, God, I saw this. He does so in a new book by uh, Hagar Yanni called The Universe Beyond the Horizon, Conversations with Professor Chaim Eshed, which Eshed. Hagar Yanni. (laughs) Oh, sorry, is it Yanni? I don't know. It just it sounds like a made up name. It's like uh, who are two <laughs> who, who are diametrically oh, opposed musicians that I could cram together to come up with a fake uh, name. And I was thinking Hagar the Horrible. Okay. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> your your brown faces. How are they coming? Um. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually heard about this on NPR on um, Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. Which also had a question about Vin Diesel and, and what he did to relax. And I'm, I'm like shouting D&D at the screen and uh, the, the radio. And it was actually D&D with uh, Dame Judy Dench. He actually played a game of D&D with Judy Dench. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd love to know what she played. She strikes me as a cleric. So we've gone from this Professor Heim is shed talking that I know, UFOs right? are real. To playing D and D with Judy Dench, and only Andy can do this. <laughs> only Andy can make it. Todd has work. missed Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's from the book uh, "Universe Beyond the Horizon: Conversations with Professor Chaim Ashed," uh, which Ashed discussed recently with an Israeli newspaper. Quoting the professor, the unidentified flying objects have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet, Ashed says, while noting that they're hoping to get a better grasp of the, quote, fabric of the universe, unquote. While it's not so hard to fathom that aliens do exist in the cosmos, it might sound a bit of a stretch to suggest, as Ashed does, that the U.S. government has signed cooperation agreements that allow aliens and American astronauts to share tricks of the universe fabric trade in a, quote, underground base in the depths of Mars, unquote. Uh, okay. And, and, and this is the part that, that breaks the whole thing wide open. Right. Ashed also says that outgoing President Trump knows about the aliens. However, it's hard to believe 
that he was, quote, on the verge of revealing as much, but opted to keep something to himself when asked in order to prevent mass hysteria. Unquote. There you go. That's that's it right there. <laughs> there is no way. I can tell you right. No way. No way. That President Trump being told that they're aliens does not go go straight out to the television. I told you that not only are the aliens real, but I am their favorite president ever. Maybe the it aliens would... have golden shower videos of him. <laughs> no, 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 Todd. It, it would have been a tweet first before he got on television. Yeah. <laughs> a tweet in all caps, mind you. Not yeah. only are they aliens, but we have proof that they have voted in the election illegally. Yeah, really. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That and the whole aliens, please keep us a secret because Earth is not ready for us yet. I seriously doubt any alien people are going to examine us in depth to make that judgment, much less care. <laughs> it's, it, it's just like... <laughs> I mean, it's just like in the in the early days of colonization, you know, and they stop by some native tribe. Please don't tell your people that Europeans are around because we right. don't think they're ready to hear that. They're not going to give a shit. Quanto, <laughs> keep this under your hat. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, I, Jesus Christ. Wade. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got very airy fairy, new age ick about it. It is is Israeli defense minister. Yeah, he's, it, that's he's, so that's wild. But it doesn't mean that military types aren't on a little on the crazy side. Apparently, I mean, I've met enough of them <laughs> to know that they are. <laughs> uh, I interviewed a politician who uh, told me some weird stuff about Area Fifty One when he worked there in the fifties. But I didn't publish it because I could tell he was slipping into dementia. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, if you want to read all about it, The Universe Beyond the Horizon is the name of the book that infers that not only does Trump know about the aliens, but is keeping it a secret for the best interest of society. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not give this clown any more money. Uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to go ahead and disagree with you on that one. No, oh, you want to give him money? No, as far oh. as like, him keeping it under his hat. Oh, oh, gotcha, right. If, if it were true, that was that was my poor attempt at doing Lumberg from Office Space. Oh, it was a reference. I should have known because Jeff was talking. <laughs> <laughs> it, and it was a reference that had something to do with what we're talking about, so it wasn't me. After 33 years, you still can't figure that out? Jeez, Todd. I don't think it's my fault. The <laughs> confusion of Jod. <laughs> oh, but I think it is Trebek. <laughs> now there's your title. <laughs> I don't think anyone will get it if I write it that way. That, well, that's why Andy likes it. <laughs> oh, no one's going to get this. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend Geek! Yay! <laughs> there is a lot of news this week, guys. And of course, most of you probably know that Disney dropped the curtain that was covering everything that they're working on. And it turns out uh, behind that curtain is everything. So, yeah, there's a big chunk of Disney news. And we're going to get to that real soon. And this first one's. Not so much Disney news, but it's but it's uh, Marvel adjacent. So I'm going to start with it, even though it's not part of that big news drop. And then we'll get into the big news drop afterwards. But first off is some pretty big casting news. And that's Alfred Molina. 
is set to reprise his role as Dr. Otto Octavius, Dr. Octopus, in the upcoming Spider-Man Far From Home sequel, setting Uh the stage for a kind of multiverse that brings together three different Spidey movie series. It's been 16 years after he's made the character's live-action debut in Spider-Man 2. That means the sequel, which also includes Jamie Foxx returning as Electro, shows even more potential as a kind of crossover film that ties together the various big-screen incarnations of Spider-Man and his rogues gallery thus far. Mm. Spider-Man 2 premiered in 2004, considered by many to not just be the best Spider-Man movie, but one of the best superhero movies ever. The news comes just two months after Jamie Foxx was confirmed to be returning as Electro. That's a villain from Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man films. And Spider-Man Far From Home already flexed its muscles when it reintroduced J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, That particular bit of casting could have just been a nod to fans, but now it seems Marvel is bringing back old favorites and connecting the movies. This This was kind of a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Is this, uh, I'm, I'm probably jumping ahead here, but I, I think I saw somewhere that they're talking about uh, WandaVision trying to re- trying to merge all the various versions of the Marvel movies. This seems to me more of a Sony move than a Disney move. Hmm. Because this is all stuff that Sony has owned through the past. Uh, so I don't know how much this connects to the whole WandaVision thing. Uh, of of course, it looks like, I mean, we don't know what WandaVision truly is yet, but it it's looking more and more like it's doing this whole multiverse saga. If you're f- not familiar with uh, uh, Scarlet Witch's history in the Marvel Universe, she was the main villain in a major crossover called House of M., in which she rewrote reality for the entire Marvel universe when she went insane. So it seems to be leading kind of toward that. And there's been a lot of speculation that it's WandaVision that launches her as kind of a villain for the Dr. Strange movie. Huh? See, I, I, I was thinking it was going to be their way to merge the uh, X-Men movies into the already existing MCU. I'm not sure. They haven't really announced an X-Men movie yet. So it's not something that's... I, I know they're working on it. They've, they've admitted as such. Uh, but there's nothing that's been announced. So if so, that would be something that would be happening almost like three to four years down the line. It seems like if they were going to attach that somehow to WandaVision, that would be happening sooner. Doesn't mean that it couldn't be uh, part of the waves that eke out from this whole WandaVision event, but it doesn't seem to be on the near docket. Okay. But with that Molina news, let's move right into the the big Disney drop. I mean, it it's all it look almost looks like this Disney drop was the reason why last week it was released that. Warner Brothers is dropping every all their movies onto Max. Like they knew that Disney was about to make this massive reveal and they wanted to get some big news out to try to make some noise above the Disney shout that was about to happen. Not saying that's what happened, but it sure seems that way. We'll go into it and uh, I'll I'll stop after each thing in case uh, somebody wants to pitch in their thoughts about the reveals 
We'll start with Marvel on Disney Company's Investor Day presentation. Here's the breakdown. Fantastic Four movie was announced. John Watts, the director behind Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home, will take the helm of Marvel Studios' first Fantastic Four feature film. Uh, Created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby in 1961, the Fantastic Four were the birth of the Marvel Universe. The adventures of Mr. Fantastic, the Invisible Woman, the Human Torch, and the Thing were the launching pad for Marvel concepts, including everything from the Skrulls to Doctor Doom to Black Panther and the Inhumans. There it is. Fantastic Four officially announced. And of all the announcements, and there's a lot of great announcements in here, this is my favorite. Yeah. I I love the Fantastic Four, and I love even more the idea that Marvel Studios is in charge of doing Fantastic Four. You mean we might actually get one that doesn't suck? I'm not going to say that the other Fantastic Four movies sucked, uh, but they were... I will. <laughs> maybe the second one. I'll, I'll give you suck on the second one. The first one was all right. Yeah. Uh, but that that's the best I can give it, that it was all right. And I want more from the Fantastic Four than all right. Now, of course, they were limited by what effects they were able to pull off at that time. It's still the early aughts. Kay has the take on this. Kay has the 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 absolute take on this of why they don't work. Oh, you uh, mean the um, the whole uh, they were a family first, and that's how they deal with becoming superpowered and dealing with their changes, as opposed to becoming a family because they're dealing with their superpowers and their changes. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And yeah. if they don't do that, then the movie. I, I, it's very hard to make the movie work. I don't. I think it'll fail if they don't do that. We'll see. I mean, it's Marvel Studios. The big bad guy in the first Fantastic Four. The very first Doctor. one was the Mole Man. Oh, I mean, but the first movie, it's Doctor Doom, and they changed the origin so that he, he is part of their origin. Yeah, well, in the, com- in the that, comics, it was a Mole Man. Right. Okay. Or the Underminer. I, I am hoping that the big takeaway from it and the overarching villain for say like maybe phase four or something going forward is Dr. Doom. I'm, I'm as excited about fantastic Four, it, the group themselves as the idea of having Dr. Doom properly put into the Marvel universe as a massive villain for many people, instead of the very, very intimate versions of Dr. Doom they've done so far crap when it comes to the fantastic four movies they've done where it really falls off for me is dr doom they fucked that up in every incarnation thus far yeah yeah uh especially the josh trank version that that it was like dr doom was like felt thrown in at the end in a a half-hearted way definitely felt tacked on and dr doom needs to be this Super genius, master of Latveria, that has inclinations of taking over the world and actually has the knowledge and technical know-how and financial aspect to do so. And wears a suit. And wears the suit mask. Yes. Yeah. Green hood and iron mask. It needs yeah. to happen. Also remember part of his weird origin and part of his power is that he also believes and can operate with magic. Yes. So... Yeah, they, he, he's he's a catch-all, all-powerful villain when it comes down to it, and he needs to be treated as such. Where they've basically defanged him in the versions so far, even with the quantum doom of the Josh Trank version, it, it was still like, yeah, but 
there's not the malice of the true Doctor Doom in that. Right. So very excited yeah. about that. I mean, Doctor Doom should be as creepy and powerful as they made Kingpin in Daredevil. Yes, absolutely. Just sinister and malevolent. And because you realize that there is somebody absolutely smart behind that Iron Mask. Right now, Andy, are you talking the D'Onofrio? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Just, yeah. What, just think, what other Kingpin are they going to talk about? The one Green from Green the Daredevil Mile? movie. Green Mile was, Kingpin. Green Mile Kingpin. <laughs> there, there, there was no Daredevil movie. I don't know what you're talking about, Joe. <laughs> I tried to take it back, Daredevil. <laughs> I just wanted to be sure. Oh, sure, of course. I'm, I'm super happy about this. Um, but I'm excited for all the Marvel stuff coming. But boy, I am. That has become number one for me. Uh, the next reveal is that. Uh, yeah, they, they were fucking lying. Uh, the She-Hulk reports were true. Tatiana Maslany is playing the titular character. Uh, but Mark uh, Ruffalo will also join her in the Hulk She-Hulk series as Bruce Banner. Uh, <laughs> She-Hulk will also fe- feature the return of Tim Roth as Abomination, a villain we haven't seen since the Edward Norton starring Incredible Hulk from 2008. Uh, you mean I gotta watch that now? That's, that's no. the only one. That's... No, you don't. Okay. Like... Uh, the first Fantastic Four, it's all right. <laughs> it's not bad. It, it, it's Marvel feeling some things out. It's definitely the best Hulk movie we've had so far. Is it really? Okay. As far as that just featured the Hulk, Hulk it was better movie. than the Ang Lee version. And see, I still didn't think the Ang Lee was that bad. I mean, it it's certainly wasn't. Bad. It was certainly yeah. wasn't MCU level Hulk, but as a standalone, I don't think it's that terrible. No, I agree, and I kind of like the artsy level of the Ang Lee one. It's an interesting take. Right. But I do think that the early Marvel Universe Incredible Hulk, the Edward Norton one, is better than the Ang Lee one. Yes. Tatiana Maslany, uh, not only did we announce that on the show, we retracted it on the show because she denied it. Oh, she well, we retracted fast one on our, you, huh? We yeah, retract so, our retraction. So, yes, we retract our retraction. And I got that first information from Variety, so I thought we yeah. were gold. It's a good source. Yeah, it's one of the best Hollywood sources when it comes to that stuff, as far as them vetting their information. They were right, and they were pulling some shit, but not surprising. This happens every now and then. Uh, uh, but, again, I, I equal my excitement with that casting news from or- her work in Orphan Black. Big Gay yeah. and the fact that Mark Ruffalo and Tim Roth, I'll watch anything with Tim Roth in it. Right. Mm. Marvel has also confirmed that Haley Steinfeld is playing Kate Bishop in the Disney Plus Hawkeye series, setting her young archer up alongside Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton. Not a whole lot to say about that, but that was another confirmation that was kind of in the. Well, they, they kind of had to confirm it because like set photos were popping up right. of her with Jeremy Renner. And it's like, well, you know, this is on set. So I guess we got to kind of confirm that this is true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, not a lot more to say about that. Uh, Marvel also revealed that the upcoming Captain Marvel sequel directed by Candyman's Nia DaCosta will feature the big screen debut of the recently announced Ms. Marvel, Iman Vellani. Uh, Ms. Marvel, a.k.a. Kamala Khan, is already set to make her live-action debut on her own Disney Plus series this next year, uh, but hitting the big screen. 
alongside Tayona Paris's Monica Rambeau in November 2022 for the next Captain Marvel movie. Now, I saw some bullshit baby men thing about... Uh, uh, really? It, Revolving yeah. Captain Marvel? I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> involving her, involving uh, um, Brie Larson not being in the next one. That they were going to drop Brie Larson. And it looked exactly like the baby men articles complaining about her in the first place and, and saying uh, what's her name? Hey, was not gonna you don't talk her. about us like that! Yeah. <laughs> now, wait a second. Is... Are you saying Brie Larson isn't going to be in the second one? Well, that's what the article was saying. Hmm. That that I never caught. But it, but it is it it is a, from a trash web. It's yeah. from a trash website or a trash YouTuber, uh, Todd. So yeah, don't worry okay. about it. It's yeah. just the usual, the usual. Kathleen Kennedy has been fired again. Type yeah, thing. it reeked of that. It reeked of that. <laughs> yeah. It was it it was full of trusted sources, and my friend on the inside tells me. Okay, and, yeah. so yeah, absolute bullshit. Then yeah, yep. yeah, because yeah, I'm pretty sure Brie Larson is going to be in the second one. Yeah, come I would, I would hope. I I thought she nailed it in the first one. So yeah, yeah, you, you got to be careful with the sources on those lately because there are these websites now that are you know, purporting to be you know, comic book news and they're, you know, they're putting out all of these unsubstantiated rumors as fact, but they change their names to be similar to trusted sources. Like uh, the one that keeps popping up in my news feed that I keep trying to tell my news reader to stop bringing this as a source is this cosmic book news because yeah. it sounds, sounds close to comic book resources or comic book news. And it's always these fanboy or i should say these these toxic fanboy rumors that have no basis in fact no they can't all be latino news and review <laughs> right or vulture well i mean hey. brie larson is signed for the next movie so i would right. say unless yeah. she herself comes out and says i'm bowing out for this that or the other thing take it as fact that she's going to be in the sequel oh yeah, yeah she is no, no. she yeah, she is. It's official. Fuck the man babies. Yeah. <laughs> she's in it. Wow, of she, and of course you actually it. panicked uh, Todd. Well, I just I just want to make sure I had my facts straight before I went forward because Andy decided to introduce a little rumor, so I had to quash it if so. Yeah. You quash that rumor. That's what we do, goddammit. I take our news seriously. <laughs> Not that it sounds like it. Um next up. <laughs> Christian Bale is in the upcoming fourth Thor movie, uh, Taika Waititi's Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, but was what was announced is that Bale will play Gore, the God Butcher, a villain introduced in Jason Aaron's Thor run back in 2013. Uh, Gore's introduction is the second key plot piece for Love and Thunder. The first being Jane Foster's installment as female Thor, which was also taken from Aaron's run. Now I'm not familiar with that character. Has anybody? read that yet that uh, anybody on the cast read that like like you or k uk or andy no i haven't okay so it'll be new are, for are all of us about the female thor because i thought i thought i saw a copy in your no, not in the, your house not there. the female thor the the god butcher that that uh oh, okay. that gore playing. gore the god butcher god butcher yeah. i heard butcher. butcher i was like i was like wait god butcher just shove some yeah, yeah okay <laughs> 
Although I would still watch a God Pusher. I think that's that qualifies as somebody powerful. <laughs> First taste is free. <laughs> just some, just somebody pushing them slowly off the edge, of like that Mount Olympus. Like here you go. No, no, don't push me off. For I am all powerful. I I am Torgo the pinball pusher. So absolutely. There As opposed go. to have we have you heard the 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 story of our Lord and Savior, God pushers? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you mean yeah, the missionaries see, that come to your door? Yeah, we've seen them ride around great. bikes and ties all all day long. Or they're doing card slaying on the Harmon Bridge. Okay. Ah uh, yes. We look like we look like uh, Mormon. <laughs> uh, next okay. up, the third Ant-Man film will be titled Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. It will feature oh. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, uh, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer are returning in their roles. Marvel also confirmed reports that Lovecraft's country star Jonathan Majors will play Kang the Conqueror and announced Ooh. that Catherine Newton is joining the MCU as an adult version of Scott Lang's car- uh, daughter, Cassie. Yeah, isn't that a recast from uh, Endgame? As far as the daughter? Yes. Uh, I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm not I, sure. Okay, I, I'm have to look that up to be sure because they had the adult oh, daughter in Endgame, but I sound I I don't think that's the same. Actress. Well, she was teenage. Well, yes. So that's that's probably how that's playing out. But Kang the Conqueror, that's another fun classic Marvel villain back from the Fantastic Four days, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a real uh, cos- cosmic bastard. Mm-hmm. That's actually cool. I like Kang, What's and I like powers? Jonathan Majors. Like, was... Time, like he has a time control or time, yeah. time machine, right? And just ridiculous technology, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick, yeah. yeah ridiculous technology is Kang the Conqueror. Okay. <laughs> on, on a on a beautifully cosmic level, he's he's been kind of an important villain in Marvel history, uh, but he's also been kind of a goofy villain in Marvel history in a way. So I, I'm sure they won't be going with a goofy angle on this one. They've been treating Kang more seriously in the past uh, five or 10 years. So yes. yeah, we, yeah. yeah, cause I know what you're talking about. Cause I think there were times when writers and artists just had no clue what the, what the frack to do with him. Right. You mean so. like they do with MODOK? <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. I, I, I like what they do with MODOK. <laughs> Mudok's still oh, my favorite, I'm, my favorite I'm, villain aside from Doom. I'm just saying, like half the time he comes across is just very silly and irre- irrelevant, and and then I guess every now and then you get a decent story where they do something good with him that you're just like intrigued by. Yeah, is that is that out yet? No, it's not out yet, right? The Modok cartoon? Yeah. No, not yet. No. Okay. I'm looking forward though. Uh, there's a Marvel miniatures game. I have the uh, the basic set. Uh, it's uh, kind of a miniature skirmish game. One of the things that really inspired me to get it is because I, I want to have that game so I can play Modoc in it and and <laughs> and paint a Modoc mini. That's that's really kind of the culmination of personal. They've released a Thanos and a Modoc, and I I just want to paint them both. Isn't Pat Oswalt going to be doing the voice of Modoc in this upcoming yes. animated? I'm actually yes, excited about that. I, I must have seen like a, a preview clip or something. It seems like it must because I, I I I can definitely picture and hear Modoc with with Pat Oswalt's voice. Yo, well, yeah, there was a what what did we watch, uh, Todd? We saw that one time. There was I a, think a it was a teaser. Stuff. Yeah, it was teaser. a teaser for Comic Con. Okay, 
All right. There you go, Andy. Thanks. Uh, next up, Kevin Fige revealed Bye. during the presentation Bye. that an additional trio of live action series, all with direct ties to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, are coming soon. Uh, Secret Invasion, Armor Wars, and Ironheart. So we'll start with Ironheart. Uh, the Ironheart series will follow young inventor Riri Williams, played by Dominique Thorne, as she develops her own version of Iron Man armor. The Ironheart character debuted in 2016 as a teenage inventor who eventually mentored by Tony Stark, including for a time when he was a sentient AI after his body died, and joined the teen superhero team The Champions and played a role in this year's Iron Man 2020 event. So, uh, yeah, Riri Williams as Ironheart as a Disney Plus series. Hmm, that's pretty okay. cool. Uh, on top of that, you have the Secret Invasion series, which will follow a storyline set up by the ending of Spider-Man Far From Home, which revealed that Nick Fury was actually working with the Skrull Talos on some sort of secret project that had taken Fury away from Earth. Uh, both Jackson and Mendelssohn are set to return for the series, named for the 2008 Marvel Comics event, which saw the Scrolls attempting to conquer Earth by impersonating various superheroes. I'll take swords for a thousand, Alex. Samuel Jackson. We've known that the uh, that there was going to be a Nick Fury series coming up, but it turns out that Nick Fury series is actually the Secret Invasion series, mm. which which just turns up the excitement level for me. We, although I am surprised. I, I really thought when they did Secret Invasion, it would be a movie. Yeah. Because yeah. It, 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 it was a major event, and it was, it was a good one, comic-wise. I, I guess I'm more surprised in that it's such a big event that it seems like it'd be more movie-centric, but it also kind of shows how much they're leaning on the Marvel universe in the TV shows. We haven't seen any of those yet. Of course, WandaVision coming up, but given how much importance there is in the Mandalorian to star Wars, I'm that much more excited for the Disney plus TV events that they don't seem like, Oh, these are side stories in the Marvel universe, but the real stories are in the movies. Nah, I, I think they're equal now. Yeah, they do seem like they've put in a lot of resources into them in order to make them like a really big, solid bridge from movie to movie. Next is Armor Wars. Uh, that's the third series that was announced live action for Disney+. Plus. Paul's husband, Don Cheadle, is set to star in the series, reprising his role as Colonel James Rhodey Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine, Build as, quote, a classic Marvel story about Tony Stark's worst fear coming true. The series is inspired by the 1987 Iron Man comic arc of the same name, which saw various armored antagonists using stolen Stark Industries technology for their own dangerous ends. Uh, since Tony's not around anymore, it falls to War Machine to make sure that doesn't happen. Again, Don Cheadle, starring in a Marvel TV series, I'm in. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, sign me up. But that's, I mean, that's the second one he's doing too, right? He's doing the, uh, um, the one with the, yes, the Falcon. Um, I, yeah, he is might, he in there somewhere? I don't believe so. He might make an okay. appearance, but he's not one of the All regular right. stars of that show. Okay. All right. And uh, so that's the new live action TV series that were announced. Uh, but next up, the world of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, is also going to Disney Plus in the form of two new streaming series. Uh, Groot 
is set to get his own series in a series of short films titled, of course, I Am Groot. Uh, The shorts will follow the baby version of the Guardian's hero as he meets a variety of new characters. And the live-action Guardians will also have a presence on Disney+, Plus, courtesy of writer-director James Gunn. When he comes back to Marvel Studios for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, he and the cast will also team up for the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, and that will drop in 2022. (laughs) I'm so excited about that. Yeah, that's that's just going to be marvelous. Ah, I see what you did there. What's the equivalent of B. Arthur to, to show up in this thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wow. know the equivalent of Harvey Corman is is Will Ferrell, so you can put him in there in the in the. Okay. It'll be Hasselhoff, Andy. Uh, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy's not bad either. Yeah. I I recently rewatched that weird Muppet thing, the the Happy Time Murders. Oh boy. Yeah. That's 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 she could do that. I could see her doing that. Can always put Betty White in it. Ooh, that's even better. You're right. Oh, yeah. No, there you go. Stay yeah. in the garden. Stay, stay in the Golden Girls formula. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 She's all that's left. So that's all the Marvel stuff, as if, you know, that's all. Um, right. But Disney Plus revealed that they will be adding. 10 new Star Wars projects over the next few years, amongst the other news. Uh, So settle in. Here are the Star Wars announcements. Uh, First off, Patty Jenkins, the director behind Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984, will direct a new Star Wars film, Star Wars Rogue Squadron. This will be the first time that a Star Wars film is directed by a woman, following Vic Mahoney, who served as second unit director on Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Current plan for release is Christmas Day 2023. So, Kay, they're getting back to the Christmas Day releases on films. That's good to Yay! see. I'm, I'm actually kind of excited for this one because uh, I think Patty Jenkins' father was an Air Force pilot. So, Did, did you watch the teaser trailer for this? Uh, I did not. I, I It keeps popping up in my to-watch for uh, in YouTube, and I just haven't watched it yet. Jeff, watch that trailer. It is one of my favorite TV, uh, sorry, teaser trailers uh, for a movie I've seen in ages. And it's okay. right up your Rogue alley for, for what you're saying, for Rogue Squadron, yes. It, it, it's, it starts off just like a very personal uh, Patty Jenkins talking to the screen. And it, it re- by the time that teaser trailer was done, it did what it was supposed to do. It made me super excited for Rogue Squadron. Nice. nice. And it showed absolutely nothing, but the way they did the reveal was just, oh, it was gorgeous. Uh, Dave Filoni, that's this next up. Dave Filoni, the mind behind Star Wars, The Clone Wars, is in charge of a spinoff series about a group of clone troopers in Star Wars, The Bad Batch. We talked about this uh, before. Uh, After the characters previously began the first arc of Clone Wars' final season, now that the war is over, these former soldiers, all of whom are voiced by D. Bradley Baker, are turning mercenary as they search for purpose. The series head writer is Jennifer Corbett, who wrote for Star Wars Resistance and NCIS. Uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch hits Disney Plus in 2021, so this next year. Uh, this is the real reason why I'm watching the Clone Wars when it comes down to it. Aside from getting the references in Mandalorian, uh, mm-hmm. I want to be ready to watch this series as well. Right. Okay. Keep pushing through because I want you to tell me where it gets good. I will. And, I, and trust me, I'll be <laughs> way honest with you on this one. Because I pushed through the first season of Buffy. It didn't bother me at all. I don't mind the monster. I didn't mind the Monster of the Week formula. 
but uh, yeah, I've, I've had some things that you really, really have to push through. Uh, well, it's my understanding it's later on in the seasons that the dark side starts to get to Anakin in the Clone Wars and so on, and he starts giving into that a little more and more, and it starts to uh, worry Ahsoka and so on. And so it's, I, I think that's that's kind of the the connective tissue that I'm looking for is where in the Clone Wars does he really start to go bad? Where does it start to affect him? That'd be nice if there was actually an arc for that. That'd be cool instead of there, what happened. My understanding the is there is. Oh, good. Well, I'm waiting for that. And then speaking of Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka Tano, played by Rosario Dawson in Mandalorian, uh, will officially be getting her own spinoff show, and it will be overseen by Dave Filoni and John Favreau, the two guys behind the Mandalorian. And they're also crafting a series called Rangers of the New Republic. Both Ahsoka and the other new shows will be set in the same time period as The Mandalorian, and they will interconnect. Together with Season 3 of The Mandalorian, all these new series, quote, will culminate in a dramatic story event, according to Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy. Very cool. I'm, I'm sorry, I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in my own happy place here. Give me a minute to get, get back to the real world. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, breathe. What, what's what's really all getting right. your wow on that? What's what's really uh, all of affecting? that? All of that is just just that. That's good news. That that's that makes up for the the crappy real world news about the uh, copyright shit. So I'm just happy. Oh, good. Happy, happy. I like I like I like ex- ex- exclamations <laughs> of joy. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy also revealed new information on Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi. That's the show that's uh, we've known about for a little while. Uh, Hayden Christensen is set to return as Darth Vader in this live-action Disney Plus project. Throughout the prequel films, Ewan McGregor played Master Obi-Wan, while Christensen played Anakin Skywalker and eventually Darth Vader at the end of the third episode. No! Yeah, that that one. Uh, They'll both be back for the new series from writer Hussein Amini and director Deborah Chow. The series takes place ten years after the events of Revenge of the Sith, and roughly 10 years before the beginning of A New Hope, with Kenobi well into his exile on Tatooine. The live-action series aims to kick off production in the spring of 2021, and although plans is currently to make Obi-Wan Kenobi a limited series, Ewan McGregor did hint that those plans could change if it proves to be a hit. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Um... If it's a hit, I'll do more. If it's not limited series, I love that. <laughs> Are they going to pull a, uh, a David Prowse and have uh, James Earl Jones do the voice while Hayden Christensen performs in the suit? Don't yes. know. <laughs> did you say yes, Kay? <laughs> no, I did. I did. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> of course, anything having to do with Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader, I'm a little skeptical on. Right. Uh, we We haven't really seen him in that sort of action except for the one scene which of course is the low light of the prequels as far as I'm concerned but I love what this is set yeah. I love this whole 10 years after episode 3, 10 years before A New Hope, that is a great area to explore the true expansive power of the Empire at work. I'm feeling a presence I haven't felt since 20, no I guess 10 years ago Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And I mean, at the end of the day, I, 
Hayden Christensen is not a bad actor. I no. don't really blame him for the two films that he was in. I think it no, had he was more working to do with, with the script he was given and the and the direction. Because if you watch yeah. any of the behind the scenes stuff, Lucas is micromanaging all those performances. Uh, recently, when I say recently, like within the last week, Lucas was interviewed about Star Wars, and and yeah, he even admitted that yeah, the dialogue was corny in places. Unquote. Yeah. Oh, you you, you sure? You sure there, Lucas? <laughs> Any, anything with Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman on it, just chuck it out the window. That the whole thing, so cringy. So, so I know. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so Natalie's been in a lot of stuff where she's really good. So give me, give me some Hayden Christensen stuff where you can convince me the man can act. Because I, I haven't there seen. There is a movie called Glass Houses, which uh, actually he did before the prequel trilogies, where he really did well. And I under, I didn't see it, but I understand that Jumper actually, yes, uh, he was pretty good in. He was okay. And I think you'll enjoy Jumper. That's a fun movie. Yeah, um, there's there's a few uh, Andy that I that I definitely recommend watching him in. Uh, those two, I think it was a movie. Called, it was like some kind of a heist movie where he's in. Um, I'm trying to look up his IMDb. I think it was called American Heist. Um, mm-hmm. He's really good in that. Um, he's kind of playing a side character, but he does really well with it. Yeah, um, he really gets short shrift, Andy. He. Uh... Uh, the, the 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 prequels gave him a, a real kick in the ass with regards to public perception. He's a much better actor than those movies. Life cool. is a House is the name of the one I think you're thinking of, uh, Andy, oh. or, uh, Kirsten. Because there's another one, Glass, where he plays David Glass, the the uh, the journalist that made up all those stories. I think you just mixed oh. the two. Uh, okay. Which which is another movie that is great with him in it. Okay. Shattered Glass is the name of the the movie where he plays Stephen Glass. Excuse me, I said David Glass. Stephen Glass. Give well, me jump. Hayden Christian. Uh, go ahead. Jumper is free on Tubi right now. Watch it. Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. be the, be the t- one of two people watching Tubi. I've been watching a couple. I I what the hell I I uh, took the week free trial on Fubu this week and canceled it. <laughs> canceled wait, it. Wait, wait, you gave up Tubi for Fubu? Uh, no, Tubi's Tubi's still free, but Fubu Fubu is like a terrible streaming. <laughs> I just wanted to say that sentence. I, I can't really did I can't tell if, I can't tell if Andy is is speaking like he always does, or if he's actually saying the names as they're supposed to be. You missed out. You missed a golden opportunity because you could have thrown Quibi in there too. Right. Fubi, oh, TV, Quibi. You have been listening to the show, so you don't know Quibi is dead. I know that. Okay. I killed I, it. I, I tell you what, I will trade you one Quibi and one Tubi for a Fubu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and don't forget Voodoo. You got Voodoo, too. Yeah, but yeah. that means something. Not the way it's spelled here. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's four letters. V U D U. I will do me. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, Justin Simeon, the uh, writer, producer, and director of Dear White People is creating a Lando Calrissian event series for Disney Plus uh, titled, well, Star Wars Lando. Uh, The project is still in early development, and Lucasfilm has yet to provide any details on the project, including whether or not Billy Dee Williams or Donald Glover, who have played the character in other live Star Wars installments, are attached to the project. So we don't really know anything except that 
that series is in the works. I mean, I I would really like to see Donald Glover come back and do that again because I thought he did a bang up job in Solo as Han Solo okay. or as, uh, as excuse me as Lando. Yeah, I love. Do you want to care what Lando's been up to though? I don't. Oh, I do. Yeah, I, I think I think I think Lando is a scoundrel on par with Han Solo with a lot more bureaucratic know-how. That I would I watch. Stone in Cloud City for a couple seasons. Who cares? Well, I, I mean, I, it'll happen before that. <laughs> wouldn't you like to see how he goes from being a scoundrel to being the administrator of a city, Matt? I think that's an interesting transition. And that's that's making a lot of assumptions. That's saying, of course, that it's either Donald Glover or somebody cast in that age group. Sure. Uh, because otherwise, you're creating a Lando Calrissian series post the last film that was up, where he's going on adventures with his daughter. So that's that's basically your choices oh, on this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, baby. and if it's Billy D, maybe you have a something post Return of the Jedi where you don't know where he has been and what he's been doing up to the point uh, that he appears in the final sequel film, Episode Nine. You mean General Calrissian? Yeah. He's his daughter. We can see that maneuver. We can see that maneuver he did at the Battle of Tanab. It would have to be like just prior that movie, though. You couldn't really have Billy D. Williams just like post Return of the Jedi. He's he's aged too far. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to spend all that money de aging, and I I don't think they'd go in that direction. Yeah. Who knows. They've got all um, kinds of money to that stuff. It's true. Lando in hand. Lando in hand at the Battle of Taneb. I'm hoping for the Donald Glover version as well. I think there's a lot more interesting story to tell in that time frame. Me too. So many capes we need to find. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be a capey <laughs> story, man. It's going to be a caper. Yeah. Oh, please be a cape. Please be a cape. <laughs> it's a cape. <laughs> <laughs> the next announcement was uh, not much of one, but just that it exists. Uh, Star Wars A Droid Story, a series that will feature a new hero alongside R2-D2 and C-3PO. That's really all we know, a, a story of three droids. And, uh. the, next, and the next announcement, uh, a High Republic-related series coming from Leslie Headland, who did Russian Doll, so that's impressive, uh, called The Acolyte. Uh, the High Republic stories have the Jedi Order and the Galactic Republic at the height of their powers. Uh, the Jedi of this era are kind of like the Knights of the Round Table. Uh, the Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. So that's where this one is set. I have no interest in the droid story. R2-D2 and C-3PO are the central characters of the whole thing. Right, but they're sort of background characters. The through story you observe through them, obviously, but their through story has been screwed up so bad that the making making Anakin create C three PO and forget about him is just weird. And and yeah, eh, no. And then there was that terrible animated show. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah. The old Saturday morning cartoon version. Yeah, that was yeah. god awful. They've well, got a lot of baggage. Good. They've got a lot of baggage to get through for me to get, make me interested in this. That's for sure. I can understand. A lot of damage has been done. Yeah. Even C-3PO's cereal wasn't good. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. C-3PO's. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing they announced Star Wars-wise, they're also releasing a new series of animated short films called Star Wars Visions. 
made by some of the world's best Japanese anime artists. Ooh, fun. So, yeah, that's all your Marvel and Star Wars announcements for, like, the next two to three years. Nice. And all that's coming to Disney Plus, or a lot of it? Yeah, that's all coming to Disney Plus or a few movies for the screen. But I would say, of all of this, yeah, I'd say this is about uh, 80% Disney Plus. Wow. All the time, because that's pretty pretty dry streaming service with The Mandalorian, like I uh, have right now. I will say, though, Mandalorian is great proof of concept. Yeah, if that's yeah. the it's it's that's the kind of show they can do. It's kind of like uh, when Netflix put out House of Cards, even given it's how it's fallen off due to its sure controversial actor. Right. Uh, it was an amazing series and a proof of concept of Netflix doing their own thing and doing it well. And I've been watching um, Cowboy Bebop, too. So that makes me really interested in those shorts. I want to see what they do with that kind of storytelling in that world. Any other thoughts before we move on from the Star Wars and Marvel stuff? Nope. Pretty happy. Good stuff. Agreed. Except for that droid bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One final announcement from the Disney Investor presentation. Of course, they had a lot more stuff, especially on the Disney side, but we really don't cover uh, Disney, Disney stuff in general for like the the Disney princess kind of and animated stuff. Uh, but they did say this, uh, Ridley Scott's alien franchise will be a series on Hulu's FX platform. Fargo and Legion creator, Noah Hawley will executive produce. The project appears to be a refreshed version of the long hyped alien show to which Hawley previously had been attached. Uh, Hawley told deadline last month, Uh, that the earlier incarnation of the Alien series, as well as his work on a new Star Wars film, had been both temporarily paused. Uh, Disney and FX didn't share many story details, but the presenter did tease that the show is framed, quote, not too far in our future. It's the first Alien story set on Earth, unquote. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, quite. Uh, I'm I'm down for an Alien series. Uh, On Earth is an interesting choice. It almost would set up a new canon, I think. Unless at yeah. the end it was it was all covered up and no one heard from it again until the right. Nostromo. You know, that sort of thing could happen. I've been thinking about that. And honestly, ah, it, it's where you got to go. Um, I think one of the reasons the Alien sequels have kind of failed is Ridley Scott really didn't want to tell any more Xenomorph movies. And then he turned around and... Brought in Xenomorphs anyway, and although I did like his uh, second Prometheus movie, I I thought that was a, a fun little Frankenstein story. Covenant, yeah, Covenant. It was okay. All right, we're gonna move away from the Disney news. Uh, of course, we lost some people this week, so uh, let's honor them for a moment. Uh, Richard Corbin, a comic oh, book illustrator. Yeah, a comic book illustrator known for his work on Heavy Metal Magazine and the iconic album cover for Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell uh, has died at the age of 80. Throughout his prolific career, Corbin has worked with some of America's biggest comic book publishers, Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, for characters like Ghost Rider and Hellboy. His Crooked Man limited series with Mike Mignola won an Eisner Award in 2009. His 2012, in 2012, Corbin was inducted into the Will Eisner Hall of Fame. He got his big break in the comic industry from James Warren and editor Bill Dubay of the Warren Publishing Company. 
Eventually, his original creations found their way into Metal Hurlant and Heavy Metal itself. Uh, Den, his story for Heavy Metal, was featured in the Heavy Metal movie released in 1981. And for Bad Out of Hell, Corbin worked off a concept from composer Jim Steinman. Well, I totally missed that. I didn't realize he'd passed. Yeah. yeah uh, next up, we also lost uh, Hugh Keysburn. That's the Australian actor best known for his role in the Mad Max franchise as Immortan Joe. Uh, he has died at the age of 73. Uh, Keys Byrne just studied theater at the Royal Shakespeare Company, eventually starring in Hamlet, As You Like It, Much Ado About Nothing, and more between the ages, uh, ages between the years of 1968 and 1972. He traveled to Australia as part of Peter Brook's adaptation of A Midsummer Night's Dream, choosing to remain in the country afterwards. He won the part of Toe Cutter Joe. Toe Cutter Joe. Just Toe Cutter. Sorry. My brain's into a Morton Joe already. <laughs> Uh, he won the part of Toe Cutter in George Miller's 1979 Mad Max. Uh, fans of the film will remember Keyes Burns' character to be the leader of the motorcycle gang. He appeared in every Mad Max film, topping off with oh. his ro- role as a Morton Joe as the central villain of 2015's Mad Max Fury Road. He also starred as the brutal bounty hunter Danny in 1984's film Starship before getting the role of Grunlick a backstabbing fixer in the science fiction TV series Farscape. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know he was in every was in single Bad Max film. When he was in yeah. I mean, yeah, man. And that's something. Yeah, 68. Wow. Okay. And, of course, this week we lost uh, pilot Chuck Yeager, the yeah. first, first human being to travel at the speed of sound. He died at the age of 97. That's a life well lived. Uh, Yeager's contributions to American aviation helped pave the way for the Apollo 11 moon landing in 1969. While not a member of the Mercury 7, Yeager's story was still chronicled in the Tom Wolfe's famous 1979 book, The Right Stuff. After World War II, Yeager became a test pilot at Wright Field in Ohio, where he was the first person to fly America's first operational jet fighter, the P-80A Shooting Star. His real claim to fame came in the fall of 1947 when he used the Bell X rocket research plane to break the sound barrier. In 1962, Jaeger became the commander of the U.S. Air Force Aerospace Research Pilot School, which prepared pilots for space flight. 37 of its graduates were selected for the U.S. space program, and 26 of them became certified astronauts via the Gemini, Apollo, and space shuttle missions. By the time he retired in the mid-1970s, Jaeger had clocked over 10,000 hours of flight time in over 360 different types of aircraft. Throughout his career, he racked up several medals, the Distinguished Service Medal, the Silver Star, the Legion of Merit, and the Distinguished Flying Cross and the Bronze Star, and, of course, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Jaeger, like, even after he retired, he still was doing, like, test pilot work for other Air Force contractors but as a private citizen. So he did that like into the early nineties. I want to say, if I remember correctly, uh, what's, what's crazy with Jaeger. There's the power of video games. People. I first learned about Chuck Jaeger from Commodore 64's Chuck Jaeger's flight simulator. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> that was the first thing that introduced me to the man. And of course Whoa. I learned much more about him over the years, especially going to space camp with you, Jeff and so on. Right. Chuck Jaeger. There is no equal people out there you can say yep there's only one of those and chuck yeager's one of them i'm trying to remember in the the right stuff novel 
how much they address in that. But I know in the movie version that uh, he is an integral part of the movie and showing, you know, the progress of the the X-1 and then into like the X-2 and just the various challenges that the Air Force faced trying to break the sound barrier and then the Air Force pilots trying to reach the edge of space and then, you know, kind of NASA taking over and them trying to figure out where they fit in that new world since they were not now going to be the ones to go into space, as it were. We honor these people for the lives they lived and the gifts they've given us. Indeed. Little video game news. This uh, this is just kind of uh, brewing right now, so it's kind of an early take on this with much more news to come. Uh, but besides differences in networking g- technology, there's been one major thing holding companies back from having true cross-play across all three major console gaming platforms, and that is legal liability. Uh, for example, if a Nintendo player threatens a Sony player online, there's not a lot Sony can do to stop it. At least not right now. But that may soon change. All three major players in home consoles, including Sony, Xbox, and Nintendo, have agreed to set a new set of rules that will make gaming safer for everyone and might one day lead to true cross-play. Quote, All players deserve to have fantastical social gaming experiences in settings where respect and safety are mutual wrote Xbox Vice President Dave McCarthy in a message announcing the new partnership, continuing, All, At Xbox, we are aligned with both Nintendo on behalf of the community of Nintendo Switch players and PlayStation in our belief <laughs> that protecting players online requires a multidisciplinary approach, one that combines the benefits of advanced technology, a supportive community, and skilled human oversight, unquote. McCarthy explains that this new trilateral partnership is built on three principles, prevention, partnership, and responsibility. Prevention means ensuring players and parents can control their gaming experience with easy-to-use safety features like chat filters to, quote, thwart improper conduct and content before a player is subject to harm, unquote. Uh, The partnership means that all three major publishers will team up with industry regulators, law enforcement, and trade organizations to help make rules and enforce them notifying local law enforcement whenever they believe, quote, a player is at risk of imminent harm, unquote. Nintendo, Xbox, and Sony will be making it easy to report violations for all three to take enforcement actions, quote, including restricting players from using our services for misconduct, unquote. This sentence sure does make it sound like getting banned on one platform could result in a ban on all three. And, of course, more news to come wow. as this one develops. Wow, it's like the Comic Code Authority wasn't stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. But that, that this whole legal liability aspect has been one of the barriers to cross-play. And just because Sony doesn't want to be liable for somebody on Nintendo threatening somebody else. And them coming together in a mutual packs of this sort will help eliminate that. Now, of course, I don't know what this means detail-wise. There are no true details yet. This is just an, an early announcement. But it's happening. And it sounds like a good thing. Uh, whether it is or not is yet to be revealed. Mm. These things can go either way. Right. Uh, but at the moment, I'm 
choosing to uh, remain optimistic on the whole aspect of leading to multiplayer games across all platforms. Yeah. No, well, I like it. Of course, this one can shit the bed, too. Good. <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers movie adaptation of DC's Plastic Man is moving forward with a new screenwriter and a new direction. Uh, Blacklist writer Kat Vasco was brought on to work on the project, which was launched two years ago with Amando Adico on board to write a comedic action-adventure script in the vein of Deadpool. Warner Brothers is bringing Vasco on board to reframe the movie as a female-led venture. The project is still in the early stages of development. Vasco was on the Blacklist. That's an annual list of hottest screenplays in Hollywood in 2014 for her script Situation Comedy before hired to write Plastic Man. She also worked on an untitled fairy tale project for Disney Plus that's in the works. Uh, In the comics, Plastic Man is Eel O'Brien, who became completely malleable after he got soaked in chemical liquid during a botched robbery. The character has had a long history in DC Comics and was at times even a member of the Justice League. While DC doesn't have a Plastic Woman character, the comic book line does have Elastigirl, who is part of the Doom Patrol and appears on the TV show Titans. So Mm -hmm. Plastic Man basically being worked into Plastic Woman. I don't mind that. Even though it's a long-established character, I think it's fine. I may have been merging stuff. Was she a writer on the TV series Blacklist as well? No. Or was it Blacklist stuff all the... Okay. No, the, no this is just the blacklist of the hottest screenplays that come out every year. Okay, yeah, hottest screenplays that no one's buying. Right. Because I, I love the series Blacklist, but uh, that's not the right person for Plastic Man. So that's good news. It's weird. I've, I've, been, I've, I've whined a few times about, like, I, my, my, a lot of my complaints about New Mutants were that they didn't, uh, they didn't keep to the characters' personalities in the comic. Changing Plastic Man to Woman does not bother me in the slightest for some reason. Right. I guess as long as the personality is right. I'm down for a Lady Deadpool. Yes. And Plastic Man, or Plastic Woman in this case, is an excellent way of doing that. It really kind of fits with that character, even though the character isn't, uh, hasn't in the past been that break-the-fourth-wall kind of thing that Deadpool has. Doesn't mean you can't do it with it. I think they may have done some of the fourth-wall stuff in the um, animated show. Oh, okay. Who's first, Mr. Fantastic or Plastic Man? Plastic Man. Plastic Man. Plastic Man is a as a comic from the 30s, 39, I guess. Now I'm going to look that up while you guys talk amongst yourselves. Now you yeah, said right that Elast um, was it Elastigirl that was in Titans? Because I haven't watched that yet. Uh, yes, because I was trying to remember. They think I think that they they haven't but, like officially said the name yet in well, um, it's, in it's, Doom it's, Patrol, but mm-hmm. the character that April Balby plays in Doom Patrol. That has the shape shifting. I think they on IMDb call her Elastigirl, and I was just trying to figure out if it's the same person. I think it is because uh, Doom Patrol does appear in Titans pretty early. Oh, okay. Plastic Man is forty-one. The Elongated Man is sixty. Both of which are before Mister Fantastic. All right. Well, moving on. Starting on February fourth, twenty twenty-one, the attraction Super Nintendo World will open in Universal Studios Japan. Uh, There are two rides, Mario Kart Koopa's Challenge and Yoshi's Adventure. In Koopa's Challenge, which is found inside Bowser's Castle, guests will be able to strap into a four-person cart and in an augmented reality environment, 
be able to race and throw turtle shells at other guests while competing to quote-unquote win the experience. Uh, Yoshi's Adventure will allow you to hang out with Yoshi as well as Captain Toad while you ride the former and follow the latter on a treasure hunting adventure through various environments. I guess we'll need to find three colored eggs on that ride, which will lead them to a golden egg ending. Japan, of course, is having a rise in COVID like the, the rest of the world is. So I have a feeling this will probably be pushed back unless they get that under control pretty quick. But uh, it is built. They did release a teaser trailer for it showing the Super Mario World. And a big part of it kind of looks like the animated front of Small World in Disney World where everything is just moving at once. It's really impressive to see. So if you can watch that video of, uh, of Super Mario World at uh, Universal Studios Japan, it's just one big outside animatronic show. And we'll finish the news with this one. Clive Barker has won back the rights to the Hellraiser franchise. Quote, his attorney filed papers in California federal court confirming a settlement with Park Avenue Entertainment, the production company that's currently enjoying the rights to a film about a woman under the sway of a resurrected former lover, unquote, writes The Hollywood Reporter. Barker will officially re-own Hellraiser uh, on December 19th. Well, December 19th, 2021. Uh, while the foreign rights remain up in the air, Barker wrote and directed the first movie, which was based on his 1986 novella, The Hellbound Heart. The 87 film spawned nine sequels, well, quote-unquote sequels. Uh, the big screen reboot is currently in the works at Spyglass Media with David Bruckner, who did VHS attached to direct. Uh, but with Barker winning back the screen rights, it's unclear whether the re reboot will move forward. Uh, Barker is executive producing the Hellraiser TV series at HBO. Yeah, Barker lost the rights to Hellraiser when he made that first movie. It was part of the contract that he signed. And so when he made that movie, all the rights went to the studio. Uh, so he had story involvement in the second one and hasn't been a part of it ever since. Well, glad they're getting back. In fact, a few years ago, he wrote a novel called The Scarlet Gospels. I think this was back in 2015, uh, that was kind of the knife in the heart of Pinhead, where his, his whole point of writing that novel was to tell the final story of Pinhead and get him out of his life so he hasn't, doesn't have to deal with him again. So it's kind of interesting now that, oh, well, now I have it all back again. And he's part, of course, the Hellraiser TV show, and, and we don't know what's happening with his movie. But uh, the Scarlet Gospels as a book, it was okay. Uh, it was definitely not my favorite Barker book. It, it was written in a way that was like, yeah, that ended Pinhead all right. Mm. But Hellraiser as a mythos, even though all the movies kind of centered on Pinhead, the mythos itself of all the Cenobites, the way that Barker originally uh, envisioned it, is not that Pinhead is the head Cenobite. He was kind of the voice of this that small group of Cenobites, but he was never intended to be the head guy. Oh. So, okay. So the Cenobites are basically the hell priests that are in charge of the uh, torturing of people in hell. So it's a much larger group. So I got a feeling this Hellraiser TV series is going to be 
kind of sans pinhead if he makes so an appearance going at all. To tell the story about like CD in the face man, and then we got no, like absolutely not Irene girl, and that, what, what else we got? We got I'm sure that's what dude. he wants to get away from. <laughs> <laughs> Hellraiser 3 was was kind of my last jaunt into it. I walked out of that one going, okay, this is starting to feel less like a Hellraiser movie and more like a generic horror film. And it just got worse from there. Well, we'll see what happens with this HBO series, but I am glad that Barker deserves to have his creation back. Yeah, amen. So what's your pinhead? Write to us, comments at (laughs) uglycouchshow.com. And if you also have pitches, bitches for uh, the red light, green light, feel free to send them to that very same email. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Mander K. Back check Dandy. Maple Leaf Mats. What was that? Maple Leaf Mats. Oh, I'm keeping that. And we'll yeah. talk to you next week in Geek. Oh, I'm looking here at a, uh, a page about elastic characters, and there's, there's got to be 80, 90 of them here. It's it's crazy how many care how many stretchy characters are in comics. It doesn't surprise me though. There were people stealing other people's ideas, especially through the like the forties and fifties. It'd be a good power to have if you know what I mean. Oh, Matt, it's so uh-huh. good to have you back. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, DC had. Okay. Those- he knows what I mean. Plastic yeah. man and elongated man. So. But then I mean now you have Ms. Marvel is the most recent one I can think of, but there's a ton of these I've never seen. I mean they're including. Rogue and Super Scroll because they've had some elasticity in their power. Well, a good Rogue well, you, taking else's power. Say, yeah, can you call Rogue's uh, having that power when she's just taking someone else's power? I, I yeah. say that I say that one is uh, is out on technical. Right, but like Rubber Band Man, I remember that being a static. I think it's a static shock character. This, this. I mean, I mean, literally seventy. They they have to break them down by by letters. By category. I say 71 because I don't know anyone more rubbery than you, Andy. There you go. (laughs) So I'm starting the recording back up. And we're going into week. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Sorry, man. At this point, that's so hard to edit. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the cut in spot. (laughs) (laughs) On the the other hand, I'm. I'm glad to hear that you've gotten involved in porn. Uh, are you producing, directing, performing? Oh, it's all solo acts. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Matt, I'm glad I'm here for this conversation. <laughs> you? Yeah, no, great. I'm just going to wet my pants. Bye.